We cultivate a data cloud of over 40 million first-party identities, within which we've identified 80 million people of either Black, Hispanic, or Asian ethnicity. So in my role, I aid marketers in understanding the impact these audiences are going to have on business outcomes. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, and along with my podcast partner, Shelly Cohan. Um, you know, Shelly, I <laughs> tell you, we have such a great guest today, and, and, it, and it really is a, a topic that is um, really very relevant, particularly right now as we're going into 2024. And I, I cannot believe we are already talking about 2024. <laughs> but, you know, if retailers and brands want to forge ahead into another year of uncertainty, today we're going to be addressing something that is uh, most certain. So um, grab your notebook, everybody, or your iPad, and uh, get ready to learn something that, that I think is very important. And we're very lucky to have... Imani Lanners. Um, welcome, Imani. Thank you. Um, she is a VP of Multicultural Partnerships at Zeta. Uh, and Shelly, I think you went to their conference uh, recently, right? Actually, I did. I went to the yeah. marketing event. And what's interesting is that the key premise of the event was, get this, Robin, is AI going to take mm. away the marketer's job? Uh, but of course, yep. we know the answer to that because you and I addressed that in our podcast, AI, the Future of Retail Marketing. Yep. But today, we're going to go out and step into a new realm of marketing that is all about the new general <laughs> market, which we're going to explain in a moment. But before we get to that, Imani, please, please, please introduce yourself to our audience, what you do, and explain what is meant by multicultural partnerships. Absolutely. So first, thank you to all the listeners. Thank you, Robin and Shelly, for having me. I am so thrilled to be here. So my name is Imani Lanners, and I am the Vice President of Multicultural Partnerships here at Zeta Global. We are a publicly traded company, award-winning marketing technology company, and what we do here is we simplify complicated marketing processes by empowering marketers to leverage our intelligence, enabling them to acquire, grow, and retain customers more efficiently, which everybody wants to do. Absolutely. So I'm excited that we are here to talk about multicultural audiences and specifically how they're going to play a role in 2024 and beyond in terms of targeting. So what we do is... We cultivate a data cloud of over 40 million first-party identities, within which we've identified 80 million people of either Black, Hispanic, or Asian ethnicity. So in my role, I aid marketers in understanding the impact these audiences are going to have on business outcomes. Now, you're probably thinking, how exactly do I do that? So I do that by understanding their intent, analyzing demographic behavioral, locational, transactional, social, household, and business insights. Wow. And this yeah. facilitates the creation of more precise and meaningful connections. Well, yeah, and also, Imani, can you tell us about 
what you call the new growing general market, and how would you describe you know what is happening with uh, with that segment? So the, the new the growing general market is the multicultural audiences that we talked about earlier: Black, Hispanic, and Asian. Those audiences are growing very rapidly. So multicultural audiences, as you know, have continued to increase in numbers throughout the U.S. And what we're doing is we're not only seeing those populations grow, but we're also seeing, Robin, their cultural influence is growing at an even faster rate. So me, I foresee that no one group will be a single majority in a decade or so. And collectively, the Black, Hispanic, and Asian audiences will represent the larger consumer set. Wow, that is so interesting. But I'm going to give some context here uh, to our listeners. So in traditional marketing terms, historically, there's always been kind of two market segments, the general market and then there the multicultural market. So the general market of the years past, aka the mainstream market, is the white, not Hispanic. And the multicultural kind of is everybody else, you know, Black, Hispanic, Asian, and others. But I think what I hear you saying, Amani, which is really fascinating, is actually that the new general market is actually going to be the multicultural market. Exactly. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And here's some data to back that up. And so I'm going to talk about the data and then I'm going to go back to something, Imani, you had said, which I think is more important than the data I'm about to to say to our listeners. But by the year of 2060, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, it's expected that the distribution of non-Hispanic whites as a percentage of total population is going to fall from 60 percent to 44.3 percent of Americans. So in other words, wow. 44% of Americans are going to be non-Hispanic white. And also going into 2050, which is not that far away, mm-hmm. uh, the white non-Hispanic is actually going to be the minority in the US. And so what I find more interesting than just that data and those numbers, Imani, as you had said, cultural influence is growing at a faster rate than the demographic is growing, which to me is probably one of the most important pieces here. So this is a big shift for retailers and brands. And, you know, some have already been working on this. You look at kind of the big guys that do a lot of the market research, the Walmarts, the Coca-Colas, the McDonald's, you know, they're already putting a lot of effort into this multicultural market. But you know, tell us, you know, what are you doing to reach these audiences and how does this change the marketing strategies? Great question. And I'm, I'm glad you put an emphasis on cultural influence because that's very important. And that's you're going to hear that a lot. I hope I wasn't the first one to kind of bring it out. Then, um, you know, we can kind of lead that conversation. But Shelly, really smart marketers have recognized that targeting multicultural audiences is where the growth opportunity is going to lie since it is the fastest growing segment. So they're one, looking for ways to identify these audiences more accurately, and two, utilize data to help them create stronger, more detailed consumer profiles, which are gonna allow for more personalized conversations and drive motivation. Put a quote around that too, because that's (laughs) very important when talking to these audiences. So basically this level of understanding will have a direct impact on their product or service growth. And what I do is I help them with this effort. 
Mm. So let's okay. talk a little bit about what you just said and me providing an example. And I think you're going to love right. this one, Robin and Shelley. An example of how we were able to help with this effort would be a nonprofit came to us and they did a general market campaign, like you were talking about earlier, Shelley, just targeting everyone. And we were able to uncover the multicultural makeup of their largest donor. So again, started with a general market message, blanket targeting. And because we have data insights, we were able to uncover who the ethnicity of their largest donor is and also per donor rate, et cetera. We uncovered that Hispanics were their largest donor and they had the largest per contribution rate. Very important because now you're able to then go in and understand what drives that donor rate. Did we advertise around a certain cultural moment or understand why they are interested in that particular nonprofit and have more targeted conversations? So that was a, a, a thing that that brand did not know, and it informed how they're going to move in the market moving forward. Yeah, you know, one thing I've noticed, uh, Imani, is that in, in TV and print advertising, and this is just anecdotal, but what I've noticed more and more, the participants in the ads, you know, are a multicultural mix mm -hmm. uh, beyond that most obvious example. So are there new marketing approaches? Uh, in other words, can you go a little deeper into how, how these companies and brands should approach this uh, emerging, quickly emerging uh, transformation? You know, Absolutely. should they should the product positioning be different? And what about new product development and partnerships? That's a lot going on. As you're saying that, I'm yeah. thinking, Robin, wow, the CMO or anyone in a marketing role has a lot to focus on. But it's an exciting time. So first, you're absolutely right. Understanding their audience's cultural composition is crucial. So a company like Zeta, we enhance first-party data by integrating thousands of data insights like demographics, behavior, mm. location, transactions, business information, and household attributes. So understanding who you're targeting or who your audience is is very important. So once we identify that audience's cultural makeup, Robin, the next step is to craft messaging and align products or services that resonate mm -hmm. with them, quite frankly. Yeah. So very important here. And I know if marketers are tuning in, they understand this. To capture true authenticity, it's vital that the individuals crafting these messages and working on these campaigns represent the cultures they aim to target. So visual right. representation, like you talked about earlier in your ads, yeah. Sends a strong sig signal of intentional inclusive inclusivity, little yep. tongue twister here, but taking <laughs> it further involves identifying what resonates within that community. So people, events, experiences, and integrating messages authentically. I love how you're emphasizing authentic, authentic, authentic. That is coming uh, out yeah. loud and clear. Um, Imani, I want to go back to something you said, because, you know, I, I'm not a marketer by trade, but um, you said something about advertising during a cultural moment. Can you kind of explain what that what that looks like and what that means? Yeah, of course. So I will say consideration of a product positioning and development is very important, as we talked about. 
So recognizing cultural and cross-cultural differences is essential. What I mean by also cross-cultural is, you know, let's say we were talking about Black, Hispanic, and Asian audiences, but there's something called um, a a person can be identified as an Afro-Latina. So they can be black and they can also be of Hispanic heritage as well. So cross-cultural is important for us to identify as well. So for instance, let's think about a grocery chain. Think about a grocery store that you shop with and they're catering to diverse diverse cultures during specific holidays. Featuring popular food items used in traditional dishes could be a focal point to attract and engage these audiences right there in the store. So that's an example of understanding who's coming in from a cultural perspective. And if you're having Kwanzaa or you're celebrating, you know, another um, culturally rich holiday from these audiences, you can, you know, tailor those products and those services to really represent that you understand you are inclusive and you are putting that product um, intentionally in front of them um, with the understanding that you've taken their ethnicity and consideration in this entire um consumer experience. Wow, that is so fascinating. So I'm going to give some more data here to support your multicultural market (laughs) theory, because that's what I'm good at. Shelly loves data. (laughs) Data data rules the world, Robin. I know it. No, I know. It's very important. So here you go. Here's some fun facts. So approximately 44 million people in the U.S., that's about 14% of the U.S. population, were born abroad. Wow. That's amazing. Millennials are the largest living generation in the U.S., you know, just over 72 million. And in combination with Gen Z and other younger generations, Gen Alpha, I guess, um, they are more racially diverse than older generations with close to, get this, 50 percent, that's five zero, 50 percent identifying as a racial or ethnic minority. Amazing. of all U.S. marriages are interracial. Wow. And here is the most staggering thing, uh, is that the only racial ethnic group that's projected to shrink in terms of population in the upcoming decades is the non-Hispanic white population. Wow. Well, there you go. And, you know, there was this, you know, I'm a little older than both of you, but there was you know, discussions back in the 80s when I was at VF Corporation about this, you know, this is coming, and and it is. And I think it's now been accelerating. And, um, you know, this newly emerging consumer base uh, that is obviously more multicultural. Um, You know, it seems that companies would be strategically very smart to, you know, match employee hiring right, to better match uh, this new, more diverse marketplace. And, you know, we have seen uh, many companies already beginning and becoming more diverse, uh, more inclusive um, in employment practices. And also many companies like, um, well, take Sephora and Ulta Beauty, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're expanding their product assortments to be more inclusive of different skin types, um, hair textures, and cultural beauty needs. Of course, that's out of my space, but <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, I noticed that, and and they are better targeting a multicultural market, right? 
And I would like to add to that, Robin, that they're also looking at products made or products owned by multicultural individuals. So black owned products are taking up shelf space with companies like the 10% pledge um, helping to get more shelf space from minority owned companies that produce said products. Mm -hmm. So that's very important to note as well. Yeah, that's outstanding, Imani. That uh, Aura James, uh, I think it's now 15%. And uh, so, you know, good for companies that are doing that. And, you know, to your point, Robin, retailers that are providing these broader assortments also should look to have employees that are better representative of the customer base. So Sephora did a study called Racial Bias in Retail. And so they interviewed both employees and shoppers. And to be honest, shoppers want to see people like them in the stores serving them. So um, and and maybe the other kind of outcome of this changing demographic is maybe this will finally open up new and better opportunities for previously underrepresented groups to move up the corporate ladder. I, I, I would bet that bet on that for sure. I mean, it really is amazing when you think about it and what we're talking about right here. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just makes, uh, I guess, common sense to have an employment demographic <laughs> that aligns with customer base. So, Imani, maybe you could tell us how you are using audience intelligence, you know, like data insights, uh, to better understand and teach these audiences and you know, maybe give us an example. Yeah, I would love that. I think first I want to start with what probably the the, the listeners are, are asking, how am I classifying these audiences as Black, <laughs> Hispanic, or Asian? I know yeah. that's, that's that's probably the first question. So I want to kind of go through that very quickly, and then, then I'll take that second part. So what we do here at Zeta is we integrate a multitude of data points from a variety of sources. And we use a combination of third party, so meaning data that doesn't belong to us, but we've gotten from um, companies like Axiom. We also use our own proprietary data, location and behavioral data, and key data points around race of household. Yep, we have that information, household, country of origin, device location, and the most important, which I think is language of web browser, because we're able to look at that language. Of course. I love that, right? Looking at (laughs) being able to look at the language. So yeah. we're weighing all of these various data points, and then everybody gets assigned a score, Shelly and Robin. So our custom algorithm built over many years examines that data, assigns a score, and if that score meets a certain threshold, we then classify that individual. So they then become classified as either Black, Hispanic, or Asian. If we do not have enough data to assign an ethnicity, they aren't classified. They still remain an individual in our data cloud, but we do not classify or assign an ethnicity. So let's go to your second question. How am I using this intelligence? This is where my job becomes very fun and it's no longer a job, it's a passion. So to better understand the audiences, we apply over 5,000 data attributes to determine activity and validate interest. So think about yourself. Yes, I have 5,000 data attributes on you. Don't worry. All of this data is privacy safe and non-personally identifiable. Well, that's so I don't good know it's news. Shelly and I don't know it's Robin. <laughs> so yeah. I actually go into our marketing platform at any time, guys, and see a group 
any group here, Black, Hispanic, or Asian, that over-indexes for shopping at Target or in the market for a Ford vehicle. Or I can tell you (laughs) the top five quick service restaurants that Hispanic women love. I can see the grocery chains most popular with Asian men or the top auto brands that Hispanic women are looking at. So this is the power of data. Stronger audiences equate to stronger campaign performance. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, we can thank technology again. And, you know, Manny, the timing, I believe, could not be better for your wisdom uh, in in this rapidly changing world, which we mentioned before we got on this thing. (laughs) And, And it's multicultural marketplace. I mean, everybody talks about the technological revolution, right? I mean, we're well into it. And and tons of investments in time and tech solutions, you know, are made on almost a daily basis. But what we learn from you about the equally huge transformation taking place in the consumer markets is that retailers and consumer businesses in general really must step up their marketing strategies. Agreed. Um, you know, and they're going to have to position their goods and services as more diverse. And as you talked, you know, they're going to be presented differently in inside the stores and probably online. And as well as positioning as well as their employee base um, to be more inclusive, matching that of uh, their consumers. And in my opinion, we still have a long way to go. And Imani, one um, last point. It seems to me that now that we have more media channels on more devices and in more ways than ever, thousands of, and you take social media on top of all of that, um, I know it's driving a lot of CMOs crazy because, (laughs) you know, their media or their advertising budgets are certainly not going up as fast as the need for this diversity in communications, correct? Correct. And you also forgot to mention, which I'm sure you were going to in the next breath, was measurement. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, and you were able to give them a lot of, uh, you know, tools to do all this, which I think is... uh, is really going to be helpful. And we still, in my opinion, have a long way to go. So I want to thank you so much, Manny, really, for sharing your knowledge for all of us. And I'm sure that everybody tuned in has learned a lot. As thank you we for have. having me. Well, so, thank you. So, <laughs> Imani, first of all, how can listeners find you? Yeah. So you can connect with me, of course, on LinkedIn under Imani Lanners, that's I-M-A-N-I, and last name Lanners, L-A-N as a Nancy, E-R-S. Or you can email me at I-Lanners at Zeta Global, Z-E-T-A-G-L-O-B-A-L.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I love your energy. Oh, my gosh. I wish I could bottle up and sell it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
<laughs> For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and theromreport.com. And please follow us on social media and link in with us for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I want to thank everybody once more, and specifically Imani. <laughs> and, um, you know, as I say every week, if anybody in the audience has a topic that they would like Shelly and I to cover, uh, just shoot me an email uh, to robin at therobinreport.com. And thank you all again.